You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah. The man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round table come take a look at the crown baby go what is going on everybody and welcome to another episode of the fantasy football roundtable podcast it is week 16 we are here to recap everything that happened in the week 16 nfl slate uh matt and dennis are here with me as always uh we are proud to be a part of the pigskin podcast network which you can find at pigskin Podnet on twitter or you can search the hashtag tppn as we go live as do all the other podcasts uh, we've got hockey baseball football soccer wrestling anything and everything your little sports heart desires we have got so search that hashtag dennis matt how are you guys doing on this magnificent monday uh, I'm doing great. Did uh, anybody else notice how much uh, recap and recap it sound similar? It's true. <clears throat> I think you, you might be the happiest one because Detroit at least looked good in their, in their loss. I don't know, man. It's still a loss. Yeah. That's that's the show, folks. We'll, we'll be back uh, <laughs> Back on Friday, yeah, it's 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 been a rough rough week for a lot of people. Bringing all the energy of a Jacksonville Jaguars podcast, yeah. So let's kick it right off with that Thursday game. Um, for those of you who don't know, we were live after the fact, uh, so we have not even had a chance to re or we were live before the game actually uh, even kicked off, so we have not got a chance to, to talk about that game. The Titans win 22-49 over the 49ers. Matt, it was a tough loss for the 49ers. Jimmy G, is Jimmy G good enough to continue for them to make a run? 
Yeah, you know, he's been really hot um, up until, you know, he had a rough game on Thursday night, threw a couple of interceptions that didn't help him. Still threw for 322 yards. I think he is good enough right now for them to make a run. Uh, that game was a little bit of a setback, but I think as long as they close strong and win at least one of their next two games, I think they'll be in. If they win both of them, they're, they're a lock to be in. Yeah, I mean, with him, he's QB9 over the past five games, and a lot of that is uh, buoyed by George Kittle. Uh, you know, he's not good enough to carry the Niners, but if the defense is playing well – the offense is healthy, you know. The front Williams on the O line. If they, if if uh, Mitchell gets back, Debo's playing well. Ayuk is playing well. Wilson is playing well. So they're definitely a team uh, that can make a run. Um, they're not going to make a run because of him. But they could fail because of him, if that makes any sense. I got to be honest. As I sit and kind of you know, doing a little research here. I, I don't hate the idea of Jimmy Garoppolo in Cleveland. Yeah, I I brought that up earlier this year. I tweeted out what um what would teams think or who what would you think if the Browns made a move for Jimmy G uh in, in the offseason? Uh we'll obviously get to that game with with what happened there. I mean look uh, it's it's no, we'll save we'll save it. I don't want to dive into the Browns right now. Uh Dennis, what does uh how much does A.J. Brown mean to the Titans? I mean, that offense looked putrid for weeks, and then A.J. Brown comes back and just is exactly where he left off, at least for us in, in fantasy and realistically them at the wide receiver position. I mean, apparently he means an effing lot. Uh, you know, come off IR, 16 targets, 11 catches, 145 yards, and a touchdown. Um you know, I was hesitant because he he's been dinged up each year, and this year, now that they've got the short term IR, teams are a lot more willing to throw a player on IR so they can get a roster spot if it only means three games. Um, but man, he is. I, I've got to get over that whole. Oh, he gets dinged up and accept it like I do. Like when I roster Dalvin Cook. I expect he's going to miss two to three games a year. I, I just hope that it isn't, you know, during a crucial playoff run or playoff game. Uh, I've got to get to that place with A.J. Brown. You know, Foreman, McNichols, and Hilliard are piecing together the run game. And if Henry makes it back in the next week or two, they're going to be poised to to make a run in the playoffs. Yeah, we talked about it before. The Tennessee offense didn't roll into the season with a ton of firepower. <clears throat> they were really built around Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown, and they had some hopes that Julio Jones was going to fill in the gap. They lost Derrick Henry. They lost A.J. Brown. Julio hasn't been what they thought. It was really tough sledding there for a few weeks, and you see how much it means to get one of those guys back, and they should get the other one of those guys, Derrick Henry, back when they're going into the playoffs, which could, again, make them a dangerous team. We forget, I think, because of what they've looked like the last few weeks. This is a team that won – and answered a lot of big tests early in the season to get where they are right now. Yeah, I mean, just just seeing what he was able to do for that team Thursday just shows, I mean, he is he is the offense, in my opinion. I think even with, uh, obviously, Derrick Henry, they're, all, they're saying is likely coming back for the playoffs. I think A.J. Brown, 
um, is is more important for what this offense can do right now than Derrick Henry is. But uh, what an amazing performance for him. And if you were, you know, I, I'll even say ballsy him to put him in your lineup because I, I there were a lot of people I saw who left him on their bench. I don't necessarily think that's the that was the wrong decision. I know it start your studs, but we've seen there's been a lot of those guys coming back from injuries or even COVID. You know, well Tyreek who who did not do much. Uh, you know, you cannot. It's not as always. It's not easy to always trust those guys coming back from from something like that, especially being gone that long to just come out and absolutely ball like that. So if you did put them in and you were able to get that, you're likely moving on because there was uh, that that was a, that was a very big week for him. Dennis, we're moving closer to the offseason. What is one way people can dominate their dynasty leagues? I'm having some freezing issues again. So sorry if I if I uh if I delay. You know, do you want to dominate your dynasty league? The Dynasty GM from Dynasty Nerds is the tool you'll need to get the job done. It integrates seamlessly with your MFL sleeper flea flicker and FFPC leagues. Use the league analyzer to identify your team's strengths and weaknesses. Use the trade calculator to put together league-winning deals and the player shares tracker to keep track of your roster ship. Get exclusive rankings and more. Use code ROUNDTABLE for 15% off the monthly or annual subscription. Bundle the Dynasty GM with the Nerd Herd and save even more. That's code ROUNDTABLE. All right, on to the wonderful Christmas Day games here. I'm sorry, and you're, freezing, you're freezing up again. You're freezing. Yeah, yeah, I probably should be like, oh, no, what's what's wrong? All right, and we're back. I don't know what happened, Dennis, Matt. You guys are kind of frozen up, but I handled the Packers-Browns wrap-up, so you're on to the Colts-Cardinals. Now, the uh, the Packers hold on to beat the Browns 24-22. Uh, Baker throwing four interceptions, uh, one crucial one, obviously, on the last drive of the game. Matt, what what do we think of Baker and the Browns long term? Dennis freezes. I forget the mute button. Um, you. you were hoping for a good season pre, you know, in August. I also was hoping for a good season back in August. We just we haven't seen consistency, and I know he's been beat up but he has not been able to come up big in these really crucial moments. And I think there's enough stirring and enough um, dissatisfaction that it does seem like they are weighing at least their options. He didn't sign that long-term extension. He's in finishing up year four. Uh, so he would have the final year of his rookie deal. I was moved by one of the NFL analysts, can't remember which one who was looking at and said that he might be a quarterback that would do better in a different system. You know, maybe he needs a new start. The off the field things probably have weighed on him a little bit. He was, you know, we didn't hear a lot from Baker during the Odell Beckham saga, but he was definitely a focal point of that because a lot of the ire of Odell's father was directed toward him, even though he didn't actually say anything. Um, You know, there's been a lot of wondering, about the chemistry. It just, it hasn't quite clicked. Um, We've seen flashes the end of his rookie year. There were times last year when I think he looked really solid, but it just hasn't quite clicked for them. 
Dennis is definitely choked up. Yeah. He, QB 25 on the season, tied for eighth in sacks and sixth in sack percentage with a 15 to 11 touchdown to interception ratio. That's definitely not a recipe. I mean, the Browns came into the season with one of the best offensive lines uh, in the league. And then their quarterback is in the top, you know, top eight in sacks. I don't know. Maybe that maybe the line is struggling and it wasn't as good, or maybe the quarterback just holds the ball too long and it isn't making quick enough decisions. I don't know. Uh, we're also one of the he- most run heavy teams as well. So it's not like, I mean, how, unless they go to a wishbone offense, you're not going to find a team that runs a whole heck of a lot more. So I'm not sure what kind of system you put him in to minimize uh, those things. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't even know what to say, to be honest. Um, I don't, if, if you just take Saturday's game, I don't think that was all on him. I mean, they were averaging, what, five-something yards a run, it felt like. I don't know the exact stats. So why you come out and have Baker throw four straight times is beyond me. Let Chubb run the ball. All you had to do is get down into field goal territory, and I feel like they could have easily done that with Nick Chubb and Dearness Johnson. They had more than enough time on the clock. They had three timeouts. Like There was no reason to come out firing uh, the way they did. When it comes to Baker, I mean, he was not – horrible earlier in the year. So I don't know how much the injuries are plaguing him. I mean, if it was just one thing, I would say most players play beat up, right? Like everybody's got an injury here or there. The fact that he's got a ton of them, I wonder if it does play into that a little bit. We've just not seen him be close to what he was that rookie season this year at all. And and I wonder if it's just a, it's an up and down thing with him. Cause we saw that at times last year, right? The, the back stretch of the Brown season can, it was like 15 touchdowns in one or maybe two interceptions. Like it's not like he's been bad the entire time. I just think it's a, it was a mixture of things this year. Maybe it was, we put too much pressure on them and that team, you know, I, I don't know what they do. I honestly think they like, I'm pretty sure they've already picked up his fifth year option. So, I wonder if maybe they just let him play it out and it's a he bets on himself kind of thing. If he goes out and has a really good season, then they're going to have to overpay to keep him. And if he goes out there and has another season like he did this year, they're going to let him go and we'll see what happens. I I do think he is an upper – I'd say he's a middle-of-the-pack quarterback in the league. I do not think he's as bad as this year has been. But clearly there's issues there in Cleveland that need to get worked out. You know, Dennis, you mentioned Jimmy G. I I put a poll up about that earlier this year. The reason I put that is I really feel like Stefanski wants his offense to be a lot like what we've heard Bill Belichick's offense or how he wants his offense to be like, like just distribute the ball, right? He doesn't want, you don't need you taking shots, all stuff, just distribute the ball. We've got playmakers. You know, that's the one thing I will say on Baker's side of things and, you know, I understand it didn't work out with Odell. I, I claim the same thing. I think it was a lot more issues than just Baker and that offense that made that not work out. He has not had a good wide receiver outside of Jarvis Landry. Like, he has no other weapons. Jarvis has been hurt a lot. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are amazing. And Dennis, you mentioned it. They run the ball a ton. One of the run heaviest teams in the NFL because of that. So, 
I, I do think there's things they could do to help Baker, but I, I don't know that there is a long, long-term future there now, especially after the year that they had this season. Uh, Dennis, the Packers sit atop the NFC. Do you think they stay there in the remaining three or two weeks? Uh, I think if they can avoid COVID, um, they're pro- – I mean, they're th- they gave up 219 rushing yards to the Brown, Browns, and – they need to make sure that if a team is going to run on them like that, that, that they're efficient with their scoring and that, that they make do make plays. If they didn't get the four turnovers, it, it could have very likely been a much different story. Uh, so the defense needs to really start to gel over there. You know, I feel like you always have a shot with Aaron Rodgers. We're not at the point in his career yet where, you know, we're looking at the ghost of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he's still a guy that can pick that team up, put it on his back, and, and throw throw that team uh, into the playoffs and deep into the playoffs. You know, that that's just where we're at. It all comes down to if Adams can stay healthy and Jones and Dylan. Uh, MVS needs to get back. I think he's out going to be out next week as well. I think he's unvaccinated. So he's out 10 days. Um, but they need to, they need to avoid that, that, you know, COVID is going to make the NFL playoffs every bit as wild as they've made the, uh, fantasy playoffs. Yeah. So the, the rush defense would definitely be a concern going into next week. <clears throat> when they play the Vikings, um, the Vikings should be a desperate team, but the Vikings have also been a very tough team to gauge. Dalvin Cook would, you know, provided that he can come back and play, would be one of the toughest things that you know, one of the toughest challenges they would face in terms of a rush offense. And that game, that game's always potentially close. Then they close with Detroit. I think they probably should be the favorites to be the number one seed in the NFC. As long as they win the last two games, they've got it all locked up. If they lose one and everyone else keeps winning, then it kind of throws it into an interesting situation where there's a chance that the Cowboys end up as the number one seed, which I would personally enjoy and would be Matt's nightmare. Um, But I, you know, I think as long as they can get past the Vikings, they should have a pretty good shot. And I think they'll be motivated to do it. Yeah, I don't see any way they lose it now. I mean, obviously, you've got not just um, who's it, the Rams, Bucks, and Cowboys are all right, but they're all just one game back of the Packers. So uh, I think the Packers are going to play out the season. And I mean, say what you want, um, you know, about the Browns. They do have a good defense, even with a, with a hobbled Miles Garrett. Uh, they had most of their secondary back out there. Um, and, and Rodgers and Devontae found a way to get it done. They're only going to keep getting players back uh, healthy. You know, Aaron Jones, the, the longer he goes, I think he's going to get as healthy as you can be at this point in the season. But A.J. Dillon, an absolute beast as well. Like, the, the Packers are loaded. They're they're ready to go. It's going to be very interesting for me. Like, the one thing I'm watching for them is I cannot wait to see them get to the offseason. They, they were my pick to win the Super Bowl this year. And, and watching that game and, and Rodgers throws that uh, the touchdown pass to go ahead of Brett Favre and seeing all the fans and everything cheer, just how good Rodgers was in that game just made me think like, and, and to think that you guys were like wanting to not like keep him on your team is just insane to me. I don't, uh, I just don't understand that one single bit. 
The Colts beat the Cardinals 22-16. to Dennis, how dangerous are the Colts approaching the playoffs? You know, a lot of the Colts issues are going to come down to um, being able to control the clock and let Jonathan Taylor do Jonathan Taylor things. They had a 10-minute time of possession advantage over the Cardinals. Uh, Taylor only rushed for 108 yards on 27 carries, which isn't, you know, there was no long run. There wasn't a touchdown. I don't think he even had a target. He definitely didn't have a reception. Um but he he was just hammering the ball in there and doing what the Colts needed. Uh, Wentz is another guy that is playing pretty well, but we know can have a meltdown and and put up a three or four interception game. Um, it's it I, they don't have a tight end that's stepped up consistently. Their second wide receiver hasn't been consistent. You know, T.Y. Hilton's playing okay. You know, Desmond Patman came out of nowhere to catch a touchdown. Uh, but they they really need to have somebody step up on a consistent basis outside of Taylor and Pittman. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if that happens. Uh, but as of right now, I think as long as that defense can play well, Ryan Kelly is supposed to be back at center this week. Hopefully Quentin Nelson uh, isn't out for two games with COVID. So that Wentz is another one of those guys that can get a little squirrely in the pocket when he gets uh, pressure around his feet. So you know, I, they have a shot, but they're definitely uh, going to need things to break their way. Yeah, they are the hottest team, uh, you know, and arguably have come off of one of the most impressive stretch of wins, especially the last two weeks on consecutive Saturdays, taking out the Patriots who came in as one of the AFC's hottest teams and taking out the Cardinals who are, came into the game as a first place team in the NFC. They, they close with uh, the Raiders next week, and that's going to be actually a really fascinating game given how the Raiders have played themselves back into a scenario and then end with the Jaguars. If they win both those games, those games you're talking about a team rolling in at 11 and six, that is going to be tough to handle. Yeah. I mean that, uh, I, I think they're really good. I mean, it, they talked a lot about it on the, the broadcast uh, Saturday night that even the team is mentioning like Carson Wentz is going to have to win them one of these games. I don't know that that was it. It was still a good game. Jonathan Taylor still did a lot for them. But that is going to be a big thing, you know, can, uh, I believe it was, um, was it Kurt Warner that did that game? Am I remembering that correctly? <clears throat> Excuse me. So I think he mentioned a point where the team has to like be able to turn around and look at the guy who's the quarterback and be like, hey, this guy's got to be able to lead us down the field. Uh, Wentz has shown some moments, but I'd be very curious to see what happens if, and I think this is a big if, a team can figure out how to slow down Jonathan Taylor. Matt, is it time to officially worry about the Cardinals? Yeah, on the opposite end of the spectrum, the Cardinals have really scuffled of late. Uh, now they've slipped to 10 and 5. They're second in the division. They, you know, they obviously have already locked up a playoff spot, but this is not the way you want to go into the playoffs. We've seen this happen to teams before. They're not putting out a very great or consistent effort. You might 
you know, you might have forgiven the close loss to the Rams, the divisional opponent. They got clocked by the Lions. I don't think it was as close as the score against Indianapolis in that second half. It didn't look like the Cardinals could do a lot, and that was a little bit surprising. They have the Cowboys this week, and the Cowboys are seemingly rounding into incredible form. If they drop that, that'll be four straight losses before they end the season with Seattle. Even if they win that Seattle game to get a little momentum back, the road to the playoffs is going to be much harder for Arizona. They went from the one seed in the NFC to definitely being on the road, it seems. Yeah, they've lost four out of six, and they've only scored over 23 points one time in that six-game stretch. Uh, they they need new Hopkins. Murray does not have the same confidence in you know, when he has to have a play, when that team needs a play. I I think it shows in that he's running a little bit more. I think losing James Conner, who was balling out uh, to the ankle injury a little bit, uh, has affected them. So they're a little bit off their game. They could turn it around, but getting Nuke back, getting Connor back, uh, sort of getting back to how they played early in the season would definitely be a boon for them. Yeah, and, and I believe they're not going to be able to get him back until the playoffs. So that that would be huge, though, getting him back. And, Paul, thank you. Um, hope you're able to enjoy your Christmas and Happy New Year to you as well. All right, the Falcons hold on to beat the Lions 22-16. Dennis, another huge game for Amon Ross St. Brown. What is his current dynasty value? Man, it's on the rise. Uh, You know, he's wide receiver 28 on the season, wide receiver 5 since week 10. You know, pulling up a 9 for 91 with a touchdown with Tim Boyle at quarterback uh, is quite a feat. Um, You know, they did only put up. 16 points, which is indicative of kind of where the Lions season is. But uh, I, I like Brown. I think he's uh, – he doesn't have that – I don't think he's got a top 10 season-long wide receiver ceiling, but he definitely is a guy that's a that has the top a top 20 ceiling. He can be a low-end wide receiver one on, on the season. Um He's in that Jarvis Landry, Keenan Allen mold when it comes to uh, style of play. And and uh, as this team matures, it's going to be fun to watch and see how he grows. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, I like how he's coming on. We, I think you and I, Matt, both picked him to be a start this week. I thought he'd return wide receiver two value. I was a little nervous when they said we weren't going to get Jared Goff, but he goes out there nine for 91 and a touchdown. Since Dan Campbell kind of took over uh, running this offense, he's seen 36 um, targets and he – or 48 targets, and he has caught 35 passes for 344 yards and three touchdowns. That's what he's done – over the last four games, really catching fire. He was wide receiver three over the pre- previous three coming into yesterday when everything settles out uh, this week. I don't think he'll drop much below that. For a guy that you picked up 
you know, in the second and third round of rookie drafts, you have to be really thrilled with this return. I think he's a player that they can build into when they get Hawkinson back and Swift back. Uh, you know, might be one of the reasons we've talked about. They they might be fine carrying on with Jared Goff and continuing to build around this team, but he's turned into a really good piece, what we had hoped he might be heading into the draft. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll be 100% honest. You guys know I, I, I sent a question into the chat Sunday morning because I was worried about starting him when it was like confirmed, confirmed it was going to be Tim Boyle starting. But he, I mean, just he's having an amazing game. And I don't want to compare him to this player, but what he's been able to do for fantasy-wise reminds me a lot of Odell back in whatever that was now, 2013, 14 maybe. Uh, maybe lower than that, 2012. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he kind of really came on at the end of his rookie season, really won, myself included, uh, fantasy championships with the way he went down the stretch. Uh, I, I think that he is likely a wide receiver, too, for fantasy. You might be able to sell him higher than that right now with the way that he's been playing, but the, the one thing I will say, once Hawkinson and Swift comes back, come back, I think that they're still going to be like the main parts of that offense, and Amon Ross probably the third. Um, but with the way they play and, and the way that they've been targeting him in the red zone, I don't know that that disappears uh, moving forward. So I definitely think he's got wide receiver two upside. He's he's a guy that I'd love to have on, on as many rosters as I can. You know, I, I agree with Dennis. He might have those years where he shoots up like, like a Landry and finishes right around that 12 mark, has a great season because he, he's not really the stretch the field guy, but he gets peppered with targets. And, and down in the red zone, you score a couple touchdowns. And, and I mean, look, look at what he's doing right now. Those catches in one touchdown gets him up to – I think he had 20-something points in one of the leagues that I had. Um, so, I mean, it, it's a great, great end of the season for him. And I think if he can continue that out the rest of the year, uh, like uh, like Dennis mentioned, and I agree, uh, Detroit's got something there. They're building a very good core there, and I think Amon Ra is going to be a huge part of that. Matt, the Falcons win. Thoughts on the dynasty value for Kyle Pitts? Yeah, and I think we forget some people were expecting us. We've talked about this huge explosive season, and we've really just seen an incredible steady performance. But he's had one of the better rookie years for a tight end in a long time. He saw a great performance on Sunday, saw six targets, caught all six of them for 102 yards. I think he's easily a top five dynasty asset. And People may not be blown away with some of these week-to-week performances, but everyone that invested in pitch should feel pretty good about that investment. Yeah, I was listening to Sirius XM. I think it was Howard Bender and Jim Bowden on maybe last Thursday on my way home from work. And they were talking about, you know, would it be crazy to trade Andrews for Kyle Pitts straight up, given how on fire Mark Andrews. And there's, you know, there's certainly – this like oh that would be crazy talk i'm in a if i'm in a win situation and i need the most possible points uh i'm comfortable sending pits for mark andrews andrews got you know it's not like he's close to the glue factory he's probably got six or eight more highly productive years and three or four more like really peak years like his so if if you needed to get that out of your tight end position, it you know you could make worse moves. Uh, but Pitts, yeah, I, I don't know if top five has given him enough credit. Yeah, I mean, Kelsey's got to come down one of these days, right? Maybe he just ends up being Tom Brady and playing for <laughs> forever. I, I mean, when I just redid mine, I took Kelsey out of my top five. I think we've seen the first signs of him 
being a little more mortal this year. You know, we've seen games where he only catches three for 30, maybe it's the evolution of the offense or the way things are going. But there were five guys that, based on age and production, I thought would be a better bet, and Dynasty and Pitts is one of them. Yeah, I mean, uh, to to Dennis's point, like I don't think that's a bad trade at all. I mean, the one—they're not that far apart. I mean, what's Andrew's been in the league four years now? He came in the same year as uh, yeah, Baker, I believe. Uh, I remember correctly. Yeah, um, let's see. Was he? Yeah, they were in the same draft because he they drafted Hayden Hurst in like the first round, and then Mark Andrews yeah. two rounds later. And I know, I know, he was the reason I loved Andrews is because of what I saw from him at Oklahoma with one Baker Mayfield. That's why he was my tight end one. Uh, yeah, I don't think that'd be a bad trade at all. I, I don't think there's a loser in that trade. I mean, Andrews is dominating right now, but we've also seen him not have great games. I mean, I think the the thing that helps out Andrews is he has a Rashad Bateman, he has a Marquise Hollywood Brown. Pitts doesn't quite have that just yet, but I, I do think that's coming for him. Hopefully, you know, we will get to see Calvin Ridley come back onto the field next year and, and they'll be able to bring in some other weapons around him. But I mean, he's having an amazing season. I, I still would probably have Kelsey over him, but if I have him, I don't know that I'm trading him for Kelsey either. If that's, um, if that's an indication of how much I like Pitts, I think it would probably be Kittle and probably Andrews would be the only two that I would trade for him right now. Um, just because I don't know, like I said, I think Kelsey's eventually going to come back to earth. Matt, I know you said you have him, you have him, uh, you've moved him down, but I mean, Pitts is, he's going to be amazing. Um, and, and props to him. Cause I think he's having like one of the quietest, really good rookie seasons as well, because he's not, you know, completely dominating like many of us, myself included thought or, we think he's not that we're not really talking about it, but he's out there having a really good season uh, for a rookie tight end. The Bengals do it again and beat up on the Baltimore Ravens. Matt, can the Ravens make the playoffs? Yeah, the race for the last spot in the AFC is going to be wild right now. Three teams are tied at eight and seven: the Ravens, the Chargers, who we'll talk about a little bit later, and the Raiders, who had a big win against Denver. Miami could join them tonight. I think likely will join them right now. If the playoffs started today, the Ravens are in, but they have not played incredibly well um, the last few games. They were at 1.83. They've lost four straight. Three of those have been division games. They're now one and four in their division. And they closed with two home games, which is good, but it's against the Rams and the Steelers. I don't think the Rams game is going to be by any means easy. So it may come down to them the final week of the season playing Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, I think – for the Ravens, losing most of their secondary has been quite a drain on their defense. Then Lamar, losing Lamar, and then Huntley. Uh, it's going to be an uphill battle for them, uh, especially the way that uh, Cincinnati is playing. You know, it, a lot of it's going to come down to do teams, do more teams sink sort of down around that nine, nine and eight line or more teams up in that. 10 and seven range. Uh, I, I like the Ravens, but their, their, uh, their health situation is disconcerting. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd be. I almost think they won't. I mean, they get the Rams this week. Rams still have a ton to play for. They want to get a win because if they, I think they're still technically behind the Cowboys when it comes to the NFC, um, getting that number one seat if Green Bay were to slip up at some point. So Rams, especially with, I mean, I know Stafford didn't have the greatest of well, games. The Rams still need to try and win their division too because Arizona right. could still end up taking that. Yeah, but I mean, so I mean, I know Stafford. Stafford didn't have the greatest of games this past weekend, but having Odell playing the way he has, Cooper Cup, who's having an amazing season. I mean, those guys are likely going to be able to challenge Baltimore secondary as well. Um, and if they don't get Lamar back, even if they get Huntley back, I don't know that they'll be enough to to beat the Rams. Uh, defense. So then it is going to come down to that big game against Pittsburgh, you know, and at this point, Pittsburgh's likely still going to be in it as well. I mean, the AFC is insane as this is to say the Browns still technically have a shot to get in. Like that's how deep this, that I believe it's seven teams are still fighting for that last spot. So there's a lot that could happen. I just think with the injuries and everything going on with the secondary, I, I don't know that the Ravens are going to make it. And I would think I, I'm going to bet that they don't, but, I mean, that's just going to uh, – they're going to be a really good team bouncing back next season. But I think that they end up missing out this year. Dennis, what will it take for the Bengals to win at the AFC North? Well, they're sitting at, uh, what is it, 9-6 and six right now. And they've got games – they've got Kansas City at home and they're at Cleveland. They have a shot to win both of them, but Kansas City's playing really, really good ball right now. Uh, so it, it, they're going to have to, you know, Burrow is going to have to play out of his mind. That offensive line is going to have to really step up uh, if if the Bengals are going to be able to match Kansas City's firepower. You know, splitting them, I, I think if they split the last two games, they still have a pretty good shot at at the playoffs. Yeah, actually, I think if they – Based on the schedule that the rest of the division has, I think if the Bengals can just split, they will they will win. I, I have trouble believing they're going to be able to get past Kansas City. Kansas City still has a lot to play for, too. They want that one seed. They have locked up the AFC West, but they uh, I, they would lose a tiebreaker head-to-head with the Titans, so they got to kind of win to stay ahead of them. I think they'll be playing hard. But it may come down to that final week in the, in the AFC North. I think it's going to come down to that last week where it's Browns and Bengals and Steelers and Ravens and the teams that are able to win there are going to put themselves in the best position. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's the crazy thing, right? Is that if the Bengals do lose and the, and the Browns are able to win this weekend, it, it literally comes down to that game. If the Browns win, they're in, uh, which is insane because the Browns, that's one of the reasons, uh, some of us had so much optimism in them turning it around because of how well they were able to beat up on the Bengals. I'm with you. I actually think the Bengals might be able to go toe to toe with the chiefs. Uh, you know, the biggest thing I think with Pittsburgh, we saw last night is that offensive line, was just getting pushed back by Kansas cities. And, and that's really what hurt them. I think the Bengals offensive line is a little bit better than the Steelers and, and what Mixon can do. I think he's going to help that a little bit, but I do think the chiefs probably end up winning that game. So yeah, if, if, the Browns beat well. If the Browns beat the Steelers, then it won't matter if the, what the Steelers do against the Ravens. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be an insane last two weeks. Uh, but if, if any one of those teams lose this next week, the Browns it might still or matter for the Steelers because they have that stupid tie. 
Yeah. Well, no, no, that's what I'm saying. If the well, if the Steelers lose to the Browns, then it won't mm. matter. I think because if the Bengals beat the Browns, they're going to have it, or if the Browns beat the Bengals, they'll have it. So, like, I think the loser of that game this weekend is out of the running, in my opinion, around Steelers. So then, you know, if the Browns beat the Steelers, then I think it comes down to what can the Ravens do if they lose. I mean, there's so much different things going on. I think. If we're being honest, though, the Bengals have looked the best and the most consistent out of all the teams in the AFC North. And I hope, as bad as this is to say, me being a Browns fan, I do kind of hope they make it in because I really want to see what this team can do in the playoffs. The Rams beat the Vikings 32-23. Matt, the Rams get the win. Is Sony Michelle the guy in the backfield? And what do we make of Akers being designated to return from IR? Yeah, so they must think Akers is going to be able to contribute uh, probably in the playoffs. Um, I read that he needs to be on the active roster for the last three weeks to earn a pension year. So that might have been them doing him a little bit of a solid. But it's amazing to think that, uh, you know, where we were in August with his torn Achilles that he's been activated and there's a realistic chance that he's going to see some kind of snaps. That being said, I I find it hard to believe he's going to be the guy that they have to rely on. I have really liked what Sonny Michelle has done. I think he's running hard and maybe has been a better fit for the things that they want to do than what we were seeing from Henderson. I think he is the guy now. Yeah. I, you know, Michelle is, he doesn't quite have the wiggle that Henderson does. He doesn't have the breakaway speed, but we've seen with guys like David Montgomery that, you know, five, 10 to 12 yard runs are just as good as one fifty to 60 yard run, maybe even better because they eat up a lot more clock. So Michelle is kind of falling into that. Uh, if, as long as the knee stays healthy throughout the season, I, I think that they like what he's doing and will, you know, let Henderson play the role that he initially was going to play with Cam Akers. As far as Akers coming back, I get the excitement, um, but I'd be I, I'd be really surprised if he plays a snap. I think they activated him for the pension reasons, and while he's looking good running around against air, uh, there's still a lot of strengthening you have to do and a lot of at- muscle atrophy. You have to build back up once you can start to put pressure and develop that explosion. Um, it, I, I feel like it's kind of a, a little bit of a Sean McVay mind fuck stuff going on there. Yeah, I think it's a lot of it has, or at least everything I've seen, a lot of it does have to do with uh, what Matt mentioned, them bringing him back so that he can get some, it's like some extra bonuses and whatnot in his contract for being active for the last three games. I don't know that we'll really see him in the playoffs. It'd be a great story if we did. I mean, five months ago, he tore his Achilles tendon. He's already back. I mean, we've seen it with other um, players. I can't remember. Uh, I'll have to have Chris Moxley over at Camps to Canton tweet it out because he he did a little research on this. But there was like a Russian gymnast who came back like after three months of of doing it. Like, obviously, the guy in the Olympics. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah, he he mentioned it when we talked on our last Debbie debate episode. I mean, I do think it'd be great for the running back position 
along with, you know, player people. We have not, we still are very iffy about that injury because the last person we've really seen succeed from that is Dante Foreman, who is having a, a okay second half of the season here with the Tennessee Titans, but it took him like three years to get here. And I mentioned on that, I feel like if we can get somebody to come back from that and really produce a la like Adrian Peterson did coming off that ACL, um, maybe we won't look at it as quite like the death knell for this position. Uh, but I, I don't expect him to do much. If anything, we maybe see him in the playoffs um, and, and maybe it's a here or there thing, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's like a, a healthy inactive, uh, you know, every single week or, or whatever is not on the game day roster moving into the playoffs. But I will say, you know, good on the Rams organization to do that for him, especially if it is true that it helps him with his money and his contract. Cause there are some teams that would not do that. Dennis, is it finally the end for the Vikings playoffs? So playoff hopes. I feel like that last comment was a direct shot at the Bengals front office. Um, you know, being down, you know, Madison's played well in, in uh, Dalvin Cook's dead. I, I just think that overall, the the Vikings just don't quite play up to uh, a high enough level. Uh, they've got some talent. Justin Jefferson is a stud, and you know, Kirk Cousins is serviceable. Overall, I think they need to come around on their defense and uh, still continue to put uh, resources to that defense to play the kind of ball that Mike Zimmer wants. But after how long has Zimmer been there? Eight years now? I, something tells me that if, if after eight years you, you haven't been able to marshal the resources to build that defense and the offense to a capable level, uh, a defense to re- play the way you want and an offense at a capable level. Cause I mean, let's face it. That's what Zimmer wants is a defense oriented team with an offense. That's not going to make a bunch of mistakes that can be productive. I, I, it feels like it's, it's, you know, they're coming to the end of the road with him. It's hard to believe it's been eight years. I, I was guessing. I was. I, no, you're right. I just went and looked. <clears throat> He's 71, 55, and one uh, during that time. But this, you know, it provided the Vikings aren't able to get past the Packers on Sunday. This would be the first time since he's been there that he's had back-to-back losing seasons. You know, Matt had mentioned this preseason. He had previously alternated, like, middling seasons with successful playoff seasons. They just haven't been able to get anything going consistently this season. I feel like every I've written them off and out of the playoff race like two or three times, and they managed to wiggle their way back and then uh, put up confounding losses like the one to the Lions. But they close with – the Packers and the Bears, they would have to win both and get some help to get into the playoffs. I don't think they get past the Packers. So I think really um, that's they probably played themselves into a corner they're not going to be able to get out of. Yeah, I think that they are done. Uh, I've been saying that for a little bit now, and I don't think that has changed one bit. The Bills are able to beat the Patriots 33-21. to Matt, Bills got the win. Are they back to being the favorites in the AFC East? 
Yep, they're back on top of the AFC East, which is kind of the important thing for them. I thought that was a very big uh, statement when they looked really good. And they closed with two home games against the Falcons and the Jets. I think they win them both, secure the AFC East, and then move on to the playoffs. They haven't been as rock solid as we thought they might be in terms of being a contender. But we saw yesterday the reasons some of us thought that they could be a Super Bowl contender back in August. Well, yesterday was a typical Josh Allen uh, doing everything. He tied for the team lead in rush attempts, led the team in rush yards, threw 47 passes. Uh, It was the Josh Allen show from the get-go. I don't know if... If that's the recipe for long-term success, I feel like he needs to, and maybe some of that was due to no Cole Beasley, no Gabriel Davis, um, but only, you know, the way Singletary has been playing for him to have only received 12 carries, he got 34 yards, um, you know, because I, I don't feel like, I, I don't feel like the Patriots game plan was we got to stop Devin Singletary. To me, that just doesn't seem like that was the plan. I no, couldn't they were wrong. trying to stop Josh Allen. They couldn't do it. Right. He, he was running the truck in them. I mean, that's probably part of the reason they didn't run the Singletary more. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think that they're the they're definitely the favorites for for the AFC East. I still think they're a dangerous team as well in uh, in, in the AFC altogether, I, I just I'm very happy. I don't think he got targeted or anything, but at least to get to see my guy Isaiah Hodgins out there, uh, he's still a guy that I really love. Being able to see him out on the field for the Buffalo Bills uh, was awesome. Dennis, the Patriots are slumping at the wrong time. Are they still contenders? I, I think so. I, I, I mean, Mac is still a rookie. Um, but Harris ran the ball really well. He had 18 carries for 103 yards and three touchdowns. Um, But sometimes, you know, rookie quarterbacks play like rookie quarterbacks. And when your defense is giving up the goods to Josh Allen, uh, you start to feel a little bit of pressure. So I I like what the, the Patriots have done this year. I still think that you know, Bill is still tinkering with things. You know, they Ramondre Stevenson was out because of COVID. Uh, you know, they don't have an exceptionally good wide receiver core. So it just comes down to what, how is he going to, you know, he's playing with his Rubik's Cube right now, Belichick is. He's just waiting. He, for him, it's like, I just need to get in now. I don't need to win the division. I just need to get in. Yeah, and one thing that may benefit them, they're they're nine and six. They're only three and five at home. They're six and one on the road. Maybe they'd be better off not winning the division, which it doesn't look like they're going to. They have the Jaguars, which they should be able to get a win. But the fascinating game will be week 18, where they close with the Dolphins. If the Dolphins keep going on the trajectory they're going, these teams could be a game apart in a game that could have major playoff seating implication. I think the Patriots get in the playoffs. I don't know if they are I, – I don't know if I think that they are good enough right now to contend for a title, but they've definitely been better than I thought they were going to be early in the season. I think they're ahead of schedule. But my favorite thing yesterday, I don't know if you guys saw it, was – Belichick, not known for his uh, warm and robust answers in press conferences, 
Tough divisional loss. First question, some lady asked him if he had any New Year's resolutions he wanted to share with the fan. He said maybe one? next week. No, uh, he, he said, said not at this no, time. He was very polite maybe about next it, week. I could not believe about it. You <laughs> know, sometimes as a, when you're an employee, you just get a shitty assignment, and you just go about it the best way you can. Yeah, I still think that they're um, – I don't know that they're Super Bowl contenders, but I do think that they are. They will make the playoffs and, and at least play good. But I'm with Matt. I think they're about a year ahead of their window, um, which is just scary. Scary to think that they're, they're doing what they have done with this offense. I mean, they have a good defense, but, you know, we keep talking about they need that playmaker on the outside for Mac Jones. If they get somebody there with, with the running backs they have and the way Mac Jones has been playing, this team could be very good again, for probably another couple decades, which is just insane to say. The battle of the number one and number two pick, Jets, Jaguars, the Jets end up holding on to win here 26-21. Dennis, though, unfortunately, we get some bad news out of this one. James Robinson tears his Achilles. How does this impact his long-term value? Well, it shouldn't uh, impact it at all. Apparently, you can come back from those in five months now. So... No, it, it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to watch and see. You know, there there used to be a time that a torn ACL was a death knell for a running back, and now that's become almost a routine surgery. It was the same thing with elbow ligaments and pitchers, and then the Tommy John surgery came about, and pitchers, you know, that they, they're recovering quickly. It, it's it's going to be something to watch. I think we're sort of at the precipice with the Achilles. You know, these athletes are getting bigger and stronger and they're putting more pressure on the, the get stronger and more explosive and something's got to give sometimes. And and unfortunately it's the tendons. Uh, We'll see, you know, Robinson's going to be out. He was an, undrafted free agent so there isn't a lot of uh, impact if if they just let him finish his rehab and let him go especially with travis Etienne coming off of ir uh we'll, we'll see what happens with the the new head coach there uh, but i think robinson should probably have a better post achilles career than say marlon mack yeah, I mean, he's put up some amazing numbers in these first two years. 404 carries, 1,837 yards, 15 touchdowns, averaging 4.5 yards a carry um, You know, through yesterday's action. It's a shame. Uh, I was a little bit nervous. You know, we, we were all a little bit nervous over the summer when they added the competition of Travis Etienne, and then he got injured, and it got to be James Robinson's show again. But – Going into 2022, you had to still be a little bit nervous. What was that split going to be? And now Robinson with kind of a severe injury. Maybe he's ready to go at the beginning of the season, but more than likely it feels like he'll be a little bit slowed. He'll be splitting. He'll be trying to learn his third system in three years. Um, So a little bit of a bummer. I think the one thing I would be watching is if he gets off to a slow start next year, it might be a good chance to get, you know, to get him low because 
sooner or later, Jacksonville is going to face a decision about whether they keep both of those backs or whether Robinson gets a chance to go somewhere else. So, yeah, did, I think. Did you just, just see the breaking news about Garoppolo? I did not. I know. I, I saw Chip a lot of people bone, posting torn ligament in his thumb. Yeah, I saw a lot of people posting Trey Lance stuff, so I assume that meant He's bad news for. Going to try to gut it out, he said. He'll well, be reevaluated on Wednesday. Yeah, I think. Uh, I'll, I'm. I, bef- I don't know that I'm trading him because you're probably trading low at this point. But at the same time, I don't. I'm not going to have huge high hopes that he's able to return 100% healthy and even be the guy here. I mean, you know, there was a lot of people expecting Travis Etienne to take over this job. Not everybody thought he would, but there are a lot of people who who did think he was going to take that over. We don't know who this who's going to be coaching this team, what this offense is going to look like. There's a lot of questions around the Jaguars right now, so I think you just have to hold and hope for the best on Robinson. For the Jets, Matt, I mean, they get a win despite being shorthanded. I mean, good on Zach Wilson. Uh, actually pretty good in this game. Great run. You know, pulled in a nice little, not quite the Kenny Pickett fake slide, but pretended to go out of bounds and continue to move down the sideline for a touchdown. What do they need in the draft to continue to make this team successful? So Wilson may be moving up to fourth best uh, rookie, rookie year behind uh, – Mac Jones, Justin Fields, and the man, the myth, the legend, Davis Mills. <laughs> that looks says it all. You know, the Jets, I like what they have in Michael Carter. He looked really good yesterday coming back. If they can get Elijah Moore and Corey Davis back healthy, I think both those guys uh, were pretty decent. Corey Davis, we've seen as a decent number two possession receiver. Elijah Moore had a lot of upside flashes. I think they need to keep building the line. And they need a little more um, experience, maybe another playmaker, either a tight end or a receiver to help mix in. I mean, they've got Braxton Berrios. They need to use him more. Uh, for all the fanfare. Uh, they need to use him on punt returns. That's about it. For for all the fanfare. I mean, five receptions yesterday led the team. For all the fanfare of uh, Wilson's game yesterday, I mean, he did only throw for 102 yards. But he had that incredible run. Right. And you know what? This, this Another question. I would, I, Denzel Mims must be completely droppable at this point, right? I mean, he, is, he can't even get on the field. They don't have anybody at receiver, and he can't get on the field. Yeah, he's going to need a 60-year breakout like Laquan Treadwell. Is starting All right. Him. It, it it might happen. It might happen. Stash him for a couple more years. Let's see what happens for him. Yeah. The Eagles beat the Giants thirty-four to ten. So Matt, uh, Jake Fromm. Yeah, I I was curious what Jake Fromm would be like. I'm no longer curious. There are worse fates than Mike Glennon, it seems. Yeah, I'm no longer from curious either. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> no really great way to follow that. So, Dennis, the Eagles get the win. What do we make of the backfield? Well, Miles Sanders is going to be in for at least a game with a broken hand. Uh, that dude just can't seem to catch a break. First, he gets shit on for half of the season by the coaching staff. Then when he finally gets in and he starts balling out, they won't give him the ball inside the 20. Uh, and and somebody else keeps getting the touchdowns. Well, he's starting to, just as he's gaining momentum, now he breaks his hand. 
you know, it's going to be Jordan Howard. It's going to be Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell, until San. Right now, it's a it's a full blown. It's almost a six pack back there, uh, which is terrible for fantasy. It is terrible for fantasy. You you named it kind of Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell. Jordan Howard, of course, Jalen Hurts is always a threat to run. I guess if I was pressed to pick one, I'm going to lean toward Boston Scott, but I'm with you. It's You're hopefully avoiding this Eagles backfield. Yeah, I mean, possibly great news for Jalen Hurts if you have him for one more week uh, in your championship. Yeah, I'm, I'm avoiding all that. It sucks for Miles Sanders. Just every time that dude's about to get it going, unfortunately something happens to him. Matt, you mentioned Davis Mills. He leads the Texans to a win over the Chargers, 41-29. to uh, Should Davis Mills be the Texans' QB in 2022? Yes, dude's completing 66.6% of his passes, 2,200 passing yards, 12 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. He's only 2-7 and seven as a starter, but the Texans don't have a lot to work with. I think he's been very impressive. I like what he's doing. I don't know if you caught Brandon Staley's postgame uh, press conference, but he had uh, pretty strong praise. He said the Texans were starting Mills because he's their best quarterback and gives them the best chance to win. Yeah, Mills is uh, – I-, I think he's earned the right to be the QB1 during the offseason. Whether they're able to bring in a veteran um, or a you know top flight rookie drops into their uh, lap, I don't know. You know the rookie class next year seems a little suspect. Now, part of it too, I think, is um, Mills has been blessed with the uh, uh, gift of low expectations, and it's allowed him to play with very little pressure. His job is just to go out there and play. He was a third round draft pick. Um, He wasn't going to be the starter. When he came in, the general consensus was this is going to be a train wreck because this kid isn't ready. And all he had to do was just play manageable, just be a game manager. He didn't go in there and say, the great, he didn't go in there with a chip on his shoulder a la Baker Mayfield and say, I'm going to show you guys and start trying to wing it around. He went in and said, you know, we're probably not going to win a lot of games this year. I'm going to work on my craft. And he's done just that. And in doing so, he's sort of brought that Mac Jones calmness to the Texans. Uh, and, and it's playing out and it's given him an opportunity on a team. You know, even if they – the Texans are so bad. They need to build from the inside out. Don't don't spend high capital on a quarterback or high free agent money on a quarterback for at least a couple of years. And who knows? Maybe in three, you know, with multiple Super Bowls. Yeah, I mean, he's been good. There's no other way around it. They, I know they... I don't know that they benched him, but I think Tyrod coming back, they wanted to give Tyrod a shot to not necessarily be Wally Pipped and losing his job because of injury. But, I mean, Davis Mills has been fantastic. I don't I don't see any reason why not. Unless a, like, 
Sam Howe or someone like that falls into the second round, I don't know that they take a quarterback and Davis Mills is likely the starter in 2022. And, and you know, 100% good on him for, for going out there. And I'm going to be shutting people like me up because I made, I, shouldn't, I don't want to say made fun of, but I did not think he was going to be the starter long-term. I did not think he was going to go out there and play well. And he is by, outplayed all of my expectations tenfold he's been amazing and i don't think there's anything else you can say about him but that that he has been amazing dennis it was a huge loss for the chargers what does this mean for them i don't think it means anything you know like my dad used to say some days you get the bear some days the bear gets you this was just a you know a team that's easy to overlook probably got overlooked a little bit they play hard they execute things the way they're supposed to and sometimes it just works out and, and, you know, they beat a better team. That's what happened this weekend. The Chargers have some suspicious losses. Um, and we've seen this out of the Chargers organization back before they even had Brandon Staley. They closed with the Broncos, um, who actually beat them last time they played in the Raiders. And those games could have a huge playoff implication the biggest thing for the chargers is in in the span of 10 days they went from a shot to be atop the afc west to out of the playoffs if the playoffs started today and they have got to dig deep get healthy and get some wins yeah i i don't think it'll matter much at the end of the day i think they get into the playoffs but their path looks a lot better had they pulled off the win here against the Texans. It's not necessarily a team you want to lose to. You know, I know Brandon Staley, Matt, you mentioned came out, uh, had some comments. Uh, he said that as well. He thought that he should have coached better uh, in this game. He felt like he put a lot of the blame on himself. Uh, I, I think the Chargers are probably, it's weird to say this, I feel like we say this every year, they're probably like a year away. I think there's still some growing that this team needs to do. There's a lot to hope for, um, but they need these are the games you're supposed to win. Um, and if you want to be a playoff, and it'll be a, let's be on a Super Bowl contender, you're supposed to win these games. I think they get in the playoffs, but they still have some questions around them. The Buccaneers win 32-9 against the Panthers. Matt, the Buccaneers get the win. Thoughts on Keyshawn Vaughn, who had a very yeah. good day. One really big run, let's and it go. was impressive. Well, you know, for most of his career, he seemed to be on Bruce Arians' shit list. So it was nice to see him uh, getting involved. And you saw flashes of why – People were excited when he was taken in the third round. There's been a lot of talk that Ronald Jones probably won't be back with the Buccaneers next year. Giovanni Bernard, you know, hasn't been a huge contributor. I wouldn't, I would be shocked if they didn't make an effort to bring Fournette back, but maybe we're going to see a bigger role for Keyshawn Vaughn. And he looks like he's improved and is stepping up into it. You said huge, one huge run, but seven carries, 70 yards. It was nice to see him involved. My only concern is that his other six carries went for 15 yards and he did not convert his only target. Let me see here where, what was his, only played 36% of the snaps. I I still have one lone share of Keyshawn Vaughn out there. on a 36% more than Bruce Arians was willing to give him for the first so, 30 games of his career. <laughs> Now, he is the only running back under contract for next season, so it's probably likely that he's back, but I don't know that he's going to escape the doghouse. 
it's uh, it doesn't seem like he's a good fit for that team. Uh, I, I think he looked good on paper. They got him in, and for whatever reason, they just don't like him. Yeah, I um, I hope that he gets a shot next year. I think he showed a little bit of what he could be. You know, I don't know that any of us were propping him up to be like this massive RB one, but I did think he could be an RB two coming out of college. Uh, and, and I, I think if he's given a shot, he could do it. And I hope he's given that shot. But I, as much as I hate to say this, I almost feel like he he may be the next Ronald Jones, and he probably just needs to leave there to to really kind of accrue his value because. I don't know that Bruce Arians can trust because if they bring Fournette back next year, I think if Rojo leaves, probably Bond falls into the to the Rojo role, which is nothing until Fournette gets hurt, unfortunately. Matt, should the Panthers go back to Sam Darnold? Yeah, it was a nice story for Cam Newton coming back. They kind of split snaps yesterday, but Darnold, he wasn't great, but they probably need to see what they have in Darnold since they've committed to him for next year. And it was a 63-37 split. I mean, I guess it's promising if you look at it and say, well, Darnold was the second leading rusher on the team after Cam. Uh, you know, we had one rush for 11 yards. Uh, that doesn't bode well for Chuba Hubbard, who had six carries for nine yards. Uh, they did target 13 different players yesterday. So, you know, whether that was a function of uh, they just knew they would see what they got. Shai Smith converted three or four targets for 86 yards. Uh, that was definitely uh, a positive move there. But Terrace Marshall, uh, one for one for six, and he was the much more highly regarded rookie wide receiver. I, I think I agree with you, Matt. I think going back to Darnold is, is the way to go here. They're still going to bring a veteran in next year. Uh, signing Cam, it wasn't a feel-good story. It, I, I don't care who might have felt good about it. It wasn't a feel-good story. Dude is so washed up, it's not even funny. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I mean, they picked up his fifth-year option, right? So Darnold, yeah. He's going to be on the team. Yeah, if they had to do that before he ever took a snap for them, that was the big gamble. And unfortunately, I don't know. Great. Sometimes you get the bear, sometimes the bear gets you. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I'm very, um, I think a lot of that's going to depend on what happens in the draft, whether they rely on him. I mean, the the fifth year option is not that much money. I'm very curious to see what happens with them in the offseason. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainers from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. That's a Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet. You can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, bet $1 on any team to score, and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 
Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's the best I've ever done that read. And usually about three quarters of the way through, I think to myself, man, this is the best I've ever done this read. And then I screw up. Hey, you know, one of these days I'm going to be able to make it through the intro without messing that up as well. So and maybe one day we can both do it in the same episode. And that will be the one that we send out for all the podcast awards. Just that right. part too. Just that. Just, hey, look, we got through our reads without any issues. Matt, unfortunately, I had to relive my pain earlier. Now we must relive yours. The Raiders beat the Broncos 17-13. Denver loses without much offense from Locke. Is this it? You know, I'm going to be honest. <clears throat> Thanks to, uh, you know, it being Christmas revelry, I had to attend a screening of Sing 2 yesterday in the afternoon while this game was on. That film is an absolute delight, but more importantly, it saved me from the clusterfuck that is the Broncos attempting to gain a first down. In a game where Drew Locke didn't turn the ball over and the Broncos were plus three in turnovers, they still managed only 158 total yards and 13 points. Uh, the Probably the most intensity I saw all day was when Brandon McManus yelled at Vic Fangio on the sideline, which was fun. Uh, Vic Fangio, after the game, said he had nothing good to say about the offense. I also find nothing really exciting to say about the offense. They now can't even run the football. Um, so just counting down the days until somebody other than Pat Shermer is in charge of the offense in Denver. And yes, um, with games against the Chargers and the Chiefs to close things out, I really can't fathom Denver getting into the playoffs. I mean, on the plus side, Cortland Sutton led the team in targets and receptions. Yes. <laughs> Yes, but, you know, I thought they'd, they'd be a little more up-tempo. They said Bridgewater is still not cleared the concussion protocol. Honestly, wouldn't be surprised if he missed another game. I was excited to see what Drew Locke could do, but apparently Pat Shermer wasn't. Yeah, it seems like Shermer just was like, yeah, we're just, you know, he's so afraid of Locke throwing an interception that he didn't want to take, he didn't want to, he didn't want to put Locke in a situation where he felt like he could try to make a play. Didn't want to put Javante Williams in a situation to make a play either, or Melvin. I mean, I'm no Melvin Gordon, you know, apologist, but seven carries for negative four yards. I don't know what's going on with Denver's line. It it was one of the more shocking results. Dennis, the Raiders win the game. <clears throat> Can they get past the Chargers for the playoffs? Nope. I think they could get past the Chargers. I don't know if they can get past the Chargers, the Ravens, and the Dolphins. I Prior to the season, I thought the AFC West was all going to be right around 500, and they were going to end up taking each other out to the point that only one team made the playoffs. I still think that might end up being the case. All right, the Bears beat the Seahawks 25-24. Dennis, what is the future for Nick Foles? Can he be the starter again? Nick Foles is a zombie court. He'll never die. 
He will he will just rise from the dead time after time after time. Uh, and then after three or four games, everybody's going to remember why he got benched. Um, I don't know. If Nick Foles was good enough to be a starter long-term, he'd be a starter long-term. Yeah, I mean, I think he had a decent day, but in my opinion, he's probably at the stage of his career where he's a career backup. He is the perfect kind of veteran backup. I think they're, you know, right now Chicago has three quarterbacks and they have two kind of veteran backups. I I could see them being plenty of teams that would be happy to have a Nick Foles or an Andy Dalton because you need, in the modern NFL, I mean, look what happened to freaking Jackson. Baltimore this week. I mean, if it's not COVID, it's injuries. Um, so I think there's plenty of life left there, but I can't imagine a franchise looking at that and going, you know what, Nick Foles, let's give him a fifth chance to be the franchise quarterback. Matt, is it time to break up the Seahawks and is this it for Pete Carroll? It's definitely time to break up the Seahawks. There's a bad energy there has been for a while. Pete Carroll was very wistful in his comments yesterday. I feel like he's been that way for a little bit while. He's not the youngest coach. It, it Maybe the oldest coach in the league, isn't he? I couldn't remember if he was the oldest coach. I know he's not the youngest coach. Um, he's been there a long time. I, I feel like he's getting a little tired, and it might just be time to make a change. You know, it just when Rashad Penny starts to take off, now it's time to blow the team up. I mean, what kind of fate is that? So, now I I agree. I think that, you know, Russ wants out. Russ is at the stage of his career where um I don't know if he's starting to decline, but he definitely needs to have better weapons in front of him. And by that, I mean a better offensive line. He spent virtually his entire career with piss poor offensive line players in front of him. I think he wants to go somewhere uh, with a bigger media market. uh, So Sierra can kind of do her thing and they don't have to be a part for it. Um, I don't know if there is a spot. I mean, I I suppose the giants would be happy to have him, uh, but he's not going to get better offensive line than there. Um, so I, I, I don't know. He's a, uh, the, the team, it just, you know, sometimes things just run their course and it feels like this is the time there. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like I've been saying that for the past couple of weeks. I'm, I'm with you guys. 100%. The chiefs absolutely blitz the Steelers here. 36 to 10. Dennis, the Steelers fall short. What changes are coming this off season? Um, well, Benno's going to retire. Um, uh, they need to spend some money on offensive linemen. They do have uh, – they've got some pieces on defense, and, and uh, youth infusion there probably won't hurt either. Uh, I don't think Juju's back. I think they let him walk, and they don't give him a mercy resigning. So it's going to be Claypool. It's going to be Deontay Johnson. I think James Washington is a free agent as well. Um, so I would expect the Steelers are going to bring in uh, a fifth round wide receiver that, you know, sometime over the next two or three years is going to be an all pro. Uh, nobody saw it coming. He's going to be, you know, a five foot, 10, 190 pounder that out of some small school and people are going to be like, where the hell did this guy come from? And it's going to be because that's just what the Steelers do. Uh, but Najee Harris, uh, 
he's looked good fighting behind this poor offensive line. He had a decent day yesterday. I think he had 91 yards rushing, if I remember correctly. Um, but they they need changes. It, it's a lot of it just comes down to uh, Ben can't execute the deep throws anymore. His arm is shot. He's he, you know speaking of heading to the glue factory. I think it's time for Ben. Yeah, 93 yards for Harris, which is uh, pretty impressive given what he's running behind. That's that's the thing. On defense, I think they need to get healthy. Um, that's probably been their, their biggest problem there. On offense, they have a core of good skill position players in Harris, Deontay Johnson, and Chase Claypool. they got to figure out what they're going to do at quarterback because I think that's been yeah, a Russell Wilson look good there. I mean, that that might not be a bad idea, and then they could marshal all their efforts in the draft and elsewhere on offensive line. So offensive line is a big problem, but Ben just – he doesn't have it. Some of these throws that you see him make that get picked, it just – it's not there for him. It's time to walk away. They don't – Mason Rudolph isn't the answer. Dwayne Haskins isn't the answer, so they got to figure that out on offensive line. Yeah, I mean – Ben didn't play his greatest game yesterday, but uh, I mean, Deontay Johnson didn't help him either with some of those big drops he had. Not that they probably don't matter at the end of the day with the way the score goes. Not having Fryer Muth, though. I mean, all I'll say on Pittsburgh is props to Najee Harris for continuing to just fit, finding ways to put up yards behind a just abysmal offensive line. Matt, the Chiefs win shorthanded here. Are they once again the best team in the AFC? Yeah, I think they are, and it's not because of their all-powerful offense, although their offense still, uh, you know, is threatening. You know, CEH is coming along. When they get Kelsey and Hill, they're as dangerous as anybody else, but it's been the defense. The defensive improvement is the reason that they've gone on this long winning streak and is the reason they're in position they are. Yeah, Frank Clark has really came on at defensive end. Chris Jones moving back inside. Uh, Nick Bolton and Willie Gay at linebacker just making plays. And then everybody, people love to hate Daniel Sorensen. Um, and he may not be consistent, but from the safety spot, he just will make a play every now and again. And the plays he does make seem to be big plays. Uh, Tyron Matthews still there getting it done. And it's just a uh, a defense that's it seems weird to talk about how good a defense is uh, on an Andy Reid coach team. Yeah, that that is definitely for sure. But good on them. Good on them for winning with defense. And I'm, I have no doubt that when they need that offense, especially in the playoffs, it will come to life. Speaking of offense, the Cowboys absolutely obliterate the Washington football team, 56-14. Dennis, Washington falls apart. What changes for them this offseason? Well, they, they need a quarterback. Um, that's clear. Uh, they, they could probably, you know, I don't know if they, you know, if Diami Brown or Cam Sims or DeAndre Carter, can one of them step up and be a consistent threat opposite of Terry McLaurin? I think their running backs are good. It, Antonio Gibson is good. Jarrett Patterson is a good backup. J.D. McKissick is that perfect change of pace, pass-catching guy. Uh, you know, losing Logan uh, Thomas was a, was a big hit. But Ricky Seals-Jones has come on and had a career year uh, by pretty much any measure. 
Now he's not young. He's he's pushing 32, I think. Uh, 30 also, not 32. Um, but their defense fell apart in Washington. And even when they were healthy, they just played like shit. And so I don't know if that's coaching. I don't know if it's just a uh, the talent wasn't what we thought it was. But when you've got one defensive lineman poking another one in the head and that other one taking a swing at him. And these are guys that have known each other for eight or nine years. They played together in college. They played next to each other. They know each they're like brothers. And, you know, they're dudes taking a swing at him on the sideline. Uh, and, and it wasn't just a, a love tap. Dude took a legitimate swing at him. Uh, there's, there's some issues going on on that defensive side of the ball that need to get resolved if this team is going to uh, make an improvement. Yeah, they got to work on the defense. I think particularly the secondary, which has been a liability all season. They didn't get, you know, they have a lot of talent and money invested on that defensive line. They didn't get a ton out of it early in the season. I also think on offense, they need to get Curtis Samuel and Logan Thomas healthy. Uh, to see what they can do opposite McLaren and Antonio Gibson. I feel like we never really saw the offense that they tried to put together in the offseason play together. <laughs> Earlier this season, I I liked what Heineke was doing. I thought maybe he was going to get a shot, but I, I'm with you, Dennis. I, I think they're going to have to do something at quarterback. I mean, Curtis Samuel has been so unhealthy, I forgot he was there. Well, I don't think he's played more than – like a handful of snaps all season. That's the thing on paper with Fitzpatrick and Curtis Samuel, Logan Thomas, drafting Yami Brown, Terry McLaren, Antonio Gibson and McKissick. They'd seem like they were putting some nice weapons in place, but we haven't seen that offense. That offense never really played together. So breaking news, Henderson just got put on IR with an MCL in his right knee. McVay says possibility Cam Akers plays this week. I saw that. I was just about to say something. Good for him. Matt, your Cowboys absolutely explode, much to my dismay. Uh, It was very – Much to mine too. CD fucking lamb throwing the ball. Um, You know, I was – for as as crappy as I'm feeling right now, that game made me feel worse and worse (laughs) as that game went on yesterday. Uh, But is this – was this a statement game for the Cowboys? I think it was, you know, they, they ironically, I don't, I don't know how it's possible. They won the East, uh, the NFC East because the Raiders beat the Broncos. Uh, welcome to the NFL in 2021, but they came out there and they whooped Washington pretty hard. Uh, that keeps them in the running for that number one seed. I think they're a long shot to get the number one seed, but I like what they're doing. I like what they're putting together. They close with the Cardinals, which is going to be a good test and the Eagles, those are two teams tracking toward the playoffs. If they can win both those games and do it in pretty convincing fashion, I mean, I picked the Cowboys to be in the Super Bowl. A lot of people laughed at me. It doesn't look quite as dumb right now. You know what the Cowboys need to do? They need to stop having C.D. Lamb return punts. That's what they need to do. Amen. Amen. <laughs> they, You know, their, their running game, they had a good yard per carry. They just didn't run the ball a lot, uh, which is crazy considering how much the uh, – how much they were, I mean, they had 28 carries for the game, nine for Zeke, eight for Pollard. And considering how big the blowout was, you, you'd have thought that it would have been a, a, a lot of just grinding the clock, 
but the defense and special teams were putting up points as well. Uh, they they did, you know, I, I, as somebody who rosters Dalton Schultz in a bunch of leagues, uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed him. Amari Cooper also came back to spite Matt and I. His, uh, eight, uh, you know, Amari Cooper, seven receptions after we were shitting on him on uh, Friday in the preview. Maybe that was just me. Uh, no, I, I made him my sit of the week at wide receiver. I, I said that this was the game he was going to go off because of the whole squeaky squeaky wheel gets the, the grease thing because he had been complaining about not getting the ball. And some of that was, I was hoping was like a little bit of a reverse jinx and that he wouldn't because I was going well, up against Your him reverse jinx point. was on yourself and on me. Thanks pretty much, for that. Pretty much. Now, pretty much. You know, Dallas is, the, Dallas's defense is playing really well. You know, it, it's – I love here, here's here's Dallas's defense in a nutshell. Trayvon Trayvon Diggs leads the league in interceptions, the first defensive back to have double digit interceptions in like forever. But he also leads the league in yards given up on receptions. So to me, it's like I. When I think of a great cornerback, I think of guys like Deion Sanders and Daryl Rivas and Daryl Green, where you just don't, you know, that you just don't throw at them. I, I think that uh, Diggs is great for IDP because at NFL teams go, yeah, he makes interceptions because he takes chances and makes plays, but that's because he gets out of he 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 gets out of position. He he it, he doesn't play. He's not a lockdown corner. He's a guy who just makes plays. And at some point that ends more so than being a lockdown corner. I don't know. Their defense, it, it was funny to watch Demarcus Lawrence kind of roll over while Tyler Henneke's laying there on the ground and kind of put his, you know, put his hands on his chin next to Henneke. Uh that was uh that was probably every bit, if not more, disrespectful than dancing on the logo. Yeah, I mean when the Cowboys can put it all together, if they can play the way they did earlier this season, they're definitely one of the best teams, not just in the NFC, but in the NFL altogether. All right, week 16 targets before we get out of here is championship week. Now we are heading into that all roster percentages, courtesy of Fantasy Pros. Running backs, you've got Rex Burkhead at 18.9%, Boston Scott at 14.1%, and Dar Ogubowale, probably. There we go. What Matt said at 0.6%. Matt, how are you attacking the running backs? You know, I'm doing it right in that order. As much as it makes me laugh, Sexy Rexy is incredible. He ran for 149 yards yesterday. Looked unstoppable. Um, he's probably the number one I'm picking up. We talked about the Eagles, a little bit of a, a toss-up. I, I arguably like Boston Scott the best, but if I need one player to start for me, I'm putting all my chips in on Rex Burkhead. I don't even like the way Jacksonville's offense is going, so I don't trust Ogun Bawale. Yeah, the, so Rex has the, the 49ers and the Titans. So the 49ers for the championship uh, week, I think the 49ers are fairly susceptible to uh, the run. So Rex is probably the way to go there. You know, Scott, the only thing that scares me about Scott is that he could get 12 carries and six targets, or he could get, you know, two carries and no targets. Uh, Jordan Howard could get a 20-carry game, 
We've seen it happen. Ogumbawali, I you know, I don't know what's gonna happen in, in Jacksonville. Yeah, they get the Patriots, which isn't great. I'm probably just gonna stay away from that offense. Uh because uh, it'll, you know, they're gonna start even even Bevel's gonna start Carlos Hyde in this situation if Hyde is healthy. Yeah. Dennis, the wide receivers, Rashad Bateman at 29.7%, T.Y. Hilton at 6.8%, Byron Pringle at 1.8%, and Isaiah McKenzie at 0.7%. Well, I'm probably ruling McKenzie out as much as it seems like he's earning earning more targets. When Beasley and Davis come back, he's going to be relegated back to the fifth wide receiver. Um, if Beasley and Davis are going to be out again this week, then I, I don't know. I, I'm probably uh, he's worth taking a flyer on. But Bateman is stepping up as the second guy at wide receiver in uh, uh, Baltimore. Uh, Josh Johnson uh, didn't hesitate to go to him. It, it's a, you know, him and Hilton are probably a coin flip. Pringle, I, I'm just don't, I, I don't believe he can consistently get the volume. Uh, so w- when players come back in Kansas City, Pringle goes back, you know, it's him and Nicole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson with Pringle at the top of that, but they all split it. So I think the reason this comes up is both Cole Beasley and Gabe Davis are unvaccinated. Right. So they're going to miss which, next week too. Well, right? Gabe Davis is definitely out for week 17. I think there's an outside possibility Beasley can come back because of when he tested positive, but it's unlikely. They are playing the Falcons, so it's not a terrible matchup. That being said, I still think for me, for Buffalo, you know, Isaiah McKenzie is a fourth or fifth option, even with those guys out because Dawson Knox exists. Emmanuel Sanders exists. Stefan Diggs exists. They also will use backs. So I'm probably, if I need one guy to play, I'm with you. I'm probably going with Bateman because of his position in the offense and because of what they need. Um, my second choice would be T.Y. Hilton. Um, he's getting healthier and getting more involved. It looked like Wentz was looking for him last week. They're playing the Raiders, not a terrible matchup. And, um, you know, he's always kind of a threat if he's out there on the field to get one big bomb and go all the way. All right, so that will do it for us today. Uh, everybody enjoy the Monday night football game. Go ahead. Before we go, tell me what you're working on. What you what have you released? What are you doing? We've had a hell of a year. It's been busy. We hardly ever promote ourselves here. So what are you working uh, on? Nothing right now. I mean, nothing that I can comment on if you want right. me to be honest. I'm working on stuff that I can't comment. So, yeah, check out the YouTube channel. I mean, we're, <clears throat> we're live there now. I put out a lot of uh, mock draft video Mondays. I have time to record this weekend because of uh, some stuff going on with me and my, my family being sick. But uh, we'll have those go back up on the new year. We'll have some, a bunch of rookie profiles and stuff dropping on the new year. Uh, but as of right now, nothing. Just trying to enjoy a couple days off. So I'm pretty Matt. sure the profiles you'll find them at campus2canton.com. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, once they drop. Yes. Yeah, but neither. I don't know if it went today or if it'll go tomorrow. I have Dynasty Stock Watch, which I do uh, every Monday, Tuesday, um, looking at some players whose value improved and some players whose value went down. Yeah, Davis I, Mills was on. Yeah, yeah he's certainly improving. 
I, I just released over at DynastyNerds.com today. I released an article, uh, first of a series called the Dynasty Autopsies, where I take a look at my teams in leagues. And so I did an autopsy on my team in the uh, 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 Ultimate Destination Empire League. I finished five and eight this year, but I started a, I kind of started a rebuild. Uh, in May, I traded away DK Metcalf for three firsts and a second. And then when uh, I felt like I had pretty good receiver depth, then I lost uh, J.K. Dobbins to the knee injury. And after that, I just sort of went into uh, rebuild mode. And so I kind of went through the trades I made and, and talked about them and why I made them and uh, set myself up. I've got four first round picks this year and three next years. I uh, head into the rebuild. And so I'm, I'll be taking a look at more of my teams and throwing some stuff out there, hopefully to help dynasty managers uh, improve how they go about their business. Well, yeah, definitely check that out. And that is over at dynastynerds.com. Um, you had, um, God, was it, was it down, down to dynasty? What was, yeah, what was the down in dynasty was down in dynasty first was, column I wrote. Yeah. 52 weeks. Yeah. It was, it was, it was very good back back in the FLA days. So, uh, oh, yeah. uh, Dennis, uh, it is, it's always a lot of fun to read those articles. So definitely go check that out. Uh, little housekeeping note before we get out of here now with no more Thursday games, we will be moving to just twice a week. Podcast will be on Mondays and Fridays, uh, every single week moving forward. We'll obviously continue to discuss, um, these in-season stuff obviously we know some people still play until the final week of the season so we'll continue to break down give you guys those starts and we move into the playoffs we'll discuss nfl playoffs before we start moving into all kinds of off-season content we do work all 52 weeks of the year so we're not going anywhere for those new uh new listeners and everything we'll be here every single week so everybody though enjoy the game tonight hopefully you get whatever points you do slash don't need uh, from, from your opponents to uh, to get the wins, and we will talk to you guys again on Friday. Shout out to Jimmy Lee's in Sydney, Australia. Thanks for listening. Yeah, absolutely. I just need like 65 points, and I could advance in Scott Fishbowl. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. If you got your popcorn ready. I came out the wrong line ready. And he's hit the end zone! Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play?